Hello, and you are listening to The Consequential Podcast. I'm Dave Convery. With me, Roger Hart. I've seen rather more vaginas than I'm used to. You know, you don't have to mention an orifice as soon as I introduce you. That is not... I wanted like some lovely tradition that we have, and we'll recall this years later about how we did that podcast. And every time I'd say hello, someone would say the name of a sphincter. What What's wrong with you people? The vagina's not a sphincter. It's not. It's not. But the, your one last week was. Yeah. You could go for the pyloric one this week, Lucy. Hello. Nostrils. You said orifice first. Do you need a moment to compose yourselves? Do you need a moment to think about what you've done? We've eaten a lot of Starburst. Yeah, we've yeah, eaten a lot of Starburst. <laughs> and a rather, rather crispy Valpolicella. Yeah, so this, this week um, we're going to be talking about porn comics. But first Roger wants to talk about some wine. You don't want me to though, so we can just skip it. Okay, but it's quite a nice wine. It's, think of it as, as Italy's Beaujolais. That's meaningless to me. I refuse to recognise Italy as a concept. He's gone again. I want pre-Reformation warring feudal city-states. Well, you've still got Valpolicella. I can't remember which one it would have fallen under, though. To hell with Garibaldi, says you. I mean, it comes from somewhere near Lake Garda, so where is that? That's in the... North. Track. It's in the north... Um, yeah. West? Near the Dolomites, I think? Yeah, yeah. This has been your Geography of Italy podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I studied Italian unification at A-level. Did you? Yeah. It's interesting stuff. It is interesting A lot of murders. Hmm? A lot yeah, of murders. A lot of murders, and then, then, then we did some fascism where there were also a lot of murders. Mm. But the trains ran on time. Who cares about all the murders? And they built that big building with Mussolini's face on the front that looks like the final boss out of Star Fox. <laughs> it's, it's a freaky looking building. It's a freaky looking building. He was a freaky looking dude. Yeah, not ideal. Yeah. Even worse when reduced to a sort of barely three-dimensional tile-based rendering. I would, I would score it very low on wankability. There is a good chance, though I'm hoping they'll forget that everything this evening will be rated on wankability. Roger so... is our resident uh, WX tester. Mm-hmm. Who, wants to, who wants to tell me what they've read? Tell me and tell the people, but think of me as... A vessel through which you contact the people. The conduit of the people. Yeah, via the medium of knowing what the fuck I'm doing with a microphone and recording software. Future radio. It doesn't sound very glamorous like that. Tell me what you've read, you starburst-filled motherfuckers. Drink your wine. I'm not saying another word until someone starts telling me what they've read. I'll tell you what I've read. <laughs> Sorry, that was unexpectedly <laughs> cheerful. No, you sounded like a dramatic pirate. I thought it was kind of avuncular. Can pirates be uncles? Probably. I don't think there's some service that goes around sterilising their siblings. So yes, it's very it's very possible. There's probably a Gilbert and Sullivan about it. Well, good to know, good to know. I read a lot of things by Jess Fink. Which one's she? She's the one who does sex comics, essentially. <laughs> Excellent. She's in charge of sex for the internet. Not, okay. not sort of, not wholly. She does good kind of coming of age, growing up type stuff with a heavy focus on discovering one's sexuality. But she likes sex. We did. She yeah, talked about it. We talked about we can fix it a while yes. ago. Oh, that was her. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, of her stuff, I read Fawn and Valentine's. Um, red might not be the right word because neither of them really have any words. Fawn was a, a like a quick PDF download thing mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day that she did. Which, which was... spelling? F A W N. It's it's about dear people fucking. Yeah, they they are your your basic set are the two legs rather than four, mm-hmm. not a centaur. Um, don't have bum holes by the looks of things, but that might have just been an artistic choice. Just hidden in the fur? Yeah, possibly. Um, surprisingly, tufty little tails. Surprisingly human genitalia for stuff that's clearly an animal from the waist down, but I'm not going to argue. Um, it made me feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> weird about, about venison? The only time I ever ate venison, I found it delicious, but I'm unlikely to repeat the experience. Unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Valentine's was what the same PDF download, but last year's. Yeah. Mm. Which was humans fucking. Um, She's got a longer running um, comic called Chester 5000 XYV. Uh, which I also read. The entirety of. The word last night. <laughs> yes, the word version. Which is Victorian steampunk robot porn. Uh, and considerably better executed than the most things that would fall into that idiom like 90% of deviant art. Oh, deviant art. She does this nice thing where when they're having fucking scenes in Chester, the boundaries of the panels become very fluid. There's kind of kind of a little bit spiky and curled at the end. There's reminiscences of both semen and vag in the panel boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think that was covered in Understanding Comics, wasn't it? Quite possibly. Yeah. Reminiscences of Semen is the name of my forthcoming autobiography. <laughs> That's not true. Mercifully. Mercifully. Um, I can't, so I think I struggled with, with all of these because I don't do well when there aren't words. Mm. I struggle visually with reading the pictures. That's just kind of not how my brain works. It was, it was all very pretty. It was all very well executed. It was all very nice. If you think you would get off on any of that stuff, you should definitely take a look at it. It wasn't my personal bag, but my wankability scores are going to be strongly influenced by my very specific and bizarre sexual preferences. And if you do like Chester, there's a hardback book that Top Shelf have published. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, um, the run is split into two with a kind of interlude... I think it's called Chesty 5000, which is basically a sort of mouthy yeah. female sex robot who comes and just kind of makes everyone version. run away. I'm kind of picked... I mean, what does it look like? Because I'm picturing Dresden Kodak with tits. The eyes are a bit smaller. Hmm. But it's it's definitely sort of quite a cartoonish rendering. Um, it's, it's pretty. Nice lines, sort of good shape and form. You should, if you like the thought of Victorian's fucking robots, you should take a look. It might be amusing. It's probably not going to... Volume 2 is more dude-on-dude robot. Okay. Um, and dude-on-dude. Volume one's fairly hetero, but mm. Volume 2 is... Uh, There's some lady-on-lady lady as well. There mm. is that. Yeah, it's basically a lot of people standing around gesturing that, oh, no, I couldn't possibly, and then tumbling into a sort of robotic fuck pile. I was slightly bothered by some of the historical inaccuracies, but I think if you go like the sex robots, Victorian <laughs> sex robots, you can't expect you know realistic orphanages, for instance. 
I don't remember the orphanages. I certainly don't remember it being particularly orphanage-focused. Not particularly, but there are just sort of little snippets of... I mean, it's, it's, it's a Victorian society in which there's advanced engineering, and some of the social stuff is much more kind of... And the kind of sexual culture is much more what you would expect of now rather than what you would expect of mm. then. But if that's... You know, if you don't require historical accuracy in your Victorian robot sex comics in order to get off and have a nice time, you'll probably be completely fine with how it's presented. And if that sort of thing appeals, but you you know, you find the whole robot fucking a little uh, a little bit too much. Uh, the Adventures of um, Lovelace and Babbage, mm. um, 2D Goggles, the Sydney Padua webcomic is getting a book release fairly soon. And that's just lovely and again is sort of is more historically accurate I would say although I'm pretty sure that um, Charles Babbage never actually fought street musicians with a ray gun he did hate street he did hate street musicians <laughs> and that makes up a large part of the plot um, when you know given the chance to advance society or do something good Charles Babbage will almost certainly choose to fight street musicians instead uh, and Isambard Kingdom Brunel appears and is basically Wolverine and it's slightly odd um, but it's lovely and I'm looking forward to it getting a book because the website is horrible and really painful to navigate yes yes it is and I love to read it and I want to read it in a way that is as friendly as turning pages over and that is my story my name is Dave I'm 33 years old thank you Dave. what else have you been reading what else have I been reading um, I caught up on Ojoy Sex Toy which I hadn't read since the middle of last year because I suspected that some of our discussion would come into the field of what makes smut smutty, is it just depiction of sex? So I think Azure Sex Story is kind of a nice foil to that and we'll probably get onto that later. Mm-hmm. I read something called Coed's Snow Sluts. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, just from the title that doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> Who's it by? Couldn't tell you, but there's a link in the show notes. So there's, you no, can, there's no way I'm googling that. You you can share it with our with our listeners. Uh, basically, I I am the conduit I, through which they will find coed snow sluts. Um, I realised that I hadn't done much reading beyond sort of the nice, happy, sex-positive ladies that I was already familiar with, and I should go to the internet and see what it would give me if I googled sex comics. That's and, um, that's quite brave. Yeah, coed snow sluts was was one of the more interesting looking propositions. Oh, I, I, nothing I'm imagining is good. Would you like an overview of the plot? Do Please tell. do tell us the plot. Okay, so to co-eds. Be careful about spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. No, no. no. Um, it's an interesting... So I was reading a thing about um, one of the kind of historically black universities. They did a sort of photo shoot in 1946 of kind of black students hanging out and there's a picture of two women and they are referred to as co-eds. And the whole co-eds as a word for women is just kind of really weird I've always me. found that super confusing. I don't get it. Mm. I mean, I guess partly because, you know, the fact that introducing women to your academic structures was a big deal is kind of fucked up in and of itself. I mean, I realise that was history. I can't rewrite it. But it's like, don't, don't make them not people. <laughs> I'd be fascinated to find out a bit about the etymology of it, though, because... Introducing women to um, higher education was probably a bit more laggard in the UK and certainly in the bullshit institutions we went to. Mm. Um, and yet that kind of grubby linguistic totem doesn't appear. Uh, no, I think the last 
college to admit women in Cambridge did so the year before I was born. Uh, more than 88. Yes. And they paraded down through the college with black armbands and a little coffin because everything was going to be worse. Fair Morland's pretty grubby. Yeah, there was also a lot of um, suspicion that the the women were always extremely good looking. We mm. got in in the early years, so yeah. Anyway, fuck those guys. Yeah. Coed snow sluts. The uh, coeds in question, which makes me you know a little less a little bit of close reading. They're not really people at this point. They're just kind of yeah. they're something fuckable. Uh, hiking at the end of term in the um, snowy woods. As those coeds are one to do. Yes, indeed. They come upon a sort of clubhouse log cabin type of thing which is full of people who they don't really appear to know they're sitting around strumming guitars smoking joints just doing kind of studenty things um one of the co-eds decides she's going to fuck a dude they're getting nice and juiced up he realizes he hasn't got a condom he goes out to see if anyone else does everyone else has passed out from smoking too much weed apart from the other co-ed who does have a condom and he decides to fuck her instead while the other one is waiting for him with all her clothes off and she gets very, very cold. Co-ed snow sluts. Co-ed snow sluts. That's, well, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. The penis was extremely <laughs> large and veiny, like impractically large and veiny. <laughs> that has been a, a theme amongst the stuff I've read for this, isn't it? Yeah, there have been some large wangs. So yeah. that's what I like about about Jess Fink's wangs is that they are sort of they're ten, more tender looking. Mm-hmm. They're not a big frightening thing that you kind of bludgeon someone to death with. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've watched a lot of gay porn, and obviously you get a certain amount of fetishization of, of the wang, mm-hmm. but the really large stuff is is category fetishization. Yeah. You know, it's labelled as such. Generally speaking, the aesthetic that your actual gay porn goes for in the general cocular region is sort of you know, large end of medium, mm. but nothing alarming. Nothing you wouldn't want to put up there, basically. Yeah. Um, moving away from 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 shagging, um, I also read Sing No Evil, which Dave yes. talked about a little while ago. How did you find it? I absolutely loved it. It's just a nice little book, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It was charming in every way. It was kind of... It, it's come to me at a time when I've spent the last few months kind of getting progressively more into metal, so that was nice. Um, yeah, I really liked it. It went kind of weird and freaky at the end, and that was great. So you should read it. Weird and freaky at the end. Find out how weird and freaky it gets. Like weird and freaky enough that I was alone in the house, and it kind of spooked me a little. Mm. But charming, fun, really nice, lovely, good work. It's the best thing I've read so far this year. Excellent. So please go and read it. It's also insanely cheap for the sort of 300-page, full-colour, mm. beautifully printed book. But what are they asking for? About £10. Mm. Cranky. Yes. That's I mean, that shouldn't, be, that shouldn't be your entire reason for, for getting something. No, that's good value. value it represents. But that's, uh, that's very good value. It's, it's, it's a, a really help. nicely put-together book. It feels quality. Good work, Finland. And I guess the specific Finns who made it. Those guys too? Yeah. But they feel like they've got more of a sort of social cohesion, so I figure if I say Finland, it would get. Yeah, to I think yeah. unlike our n- gnarly, atrophied little island, they may have some vague semblance of a social contract still going on in Scandinavia. Yeah, but have you met the Queen? You live right near her. Have you met her? No. Okay. She drove past me once when I was in London. How was that for you? I saw a car. Did Did you feel a due sense of feudal reverence? Not really. I have an 
extremely complicated relationship with notions of Britishness. We did a podcast about that. Yeah, we did. You can listen to it on the site. We were kind of drunk. <laughs> was I there for that one? No. Okay, good. No, it was us and Stephen okay. Harris. Oh, I'm really glad that I didn't remember that. <laughs> it was us and the lovely Mr. Harris getting gently sozzled in the cocktail bar of Rules Restaurant. Of course, of course. No, I remember that you did, went and did that. I just didn't know if I'd been there or not. <laughs> that was a problematic helicopter. Good. As in it caused noise problems, not it had difficult gender views. I see. I mean, maybe it did. Maybe that helicopter was a real fucking racist. You cannot, you cannot keep the fedora on the helicopter. No. It, just, it just falls off. Roger, what have you been reading? Um, mostly the Smutty Books homework. Um, and also the second volume of Resident Alien. Which I will talk about before the stuff that, you know, I gently, but in a critical and culturally informed way, spanked a couple out over. Tell us about this Resident Alien... <laughs> Which I assume is a book and not a name for your penis. <laughs> Can't it be both? No, I'd rather you picked one. It's a book. Okay, who's it by? There's literally no way you could have known that I would ask you that, is there? <laughs> it's by Peter Hogan, and I cannot remember the artist, um, but we'll put it in the notes. The dude from Bo Jeffrey's saga. Oh god, that guy. I love that guy. Yes, not enough apparently to remember his name or credit him for his work, but a sort of vague appreciation of him is something that you have. Yes, yes. Great. Yes, entirely is. Great. So I think I've talked about Resident Alien before. Um, Remind us. You've got a stra- an alien who crashed and is stranded and takes up residence in a small town called Patience while he waits for rescue. Where he takes the guise of, reco- of like, it's the small town American equivalent of a retired country GP. Um, he's got very weak mind powers, so he's, he's humanish looking, but a funny colour with pointy ears, and just enough mind powers to persuade people that they haven't quite seen what they think they've seen, but he still, you know, shows up on cameras or what have you. So he keeps himself out of the way. And in the first volume, the local doctor is killed, and the sheriff turns up and asks him to come and, like, cover, basically, to be there, to be the town doctor until they get a new one, and he ends up investigating the murder because he also very much enjoys reading mystery novels. Uh, in the second volume, it's a lot more noirish. There's a dead girl who may or may not be a hooker and may or may not be connected to the mayor of the town, and there are various bits of backstory. So you've got this interestingly, gorgeously stupid thing going on where you've got little bits of tongue-in-cheek classic noir, you've got little bits of um, small-town creepiness mystery, and then you've got this slightly crazy sci-fi story where you're being hunted by men in black. I love that they've just taken the plot of the DC superhero Martian Manhunter mm. and set it in a small rural town in Pignacle, Arkansas. Yeah, pretty much. It's really odd, but I... And it just it just works. It's it's quite gentle. It's it's not fancy. Um, it's it's just sort of fun. Sort of fun's all right. You're allowed to have fun sometimes, yeah. as opposed to being confused by vaginas because you suggested we should read a bunch of porn comics. Yeah, I didn't think this one through. No. No, you did not. No. But Resident Alien broadly recommended. Who's who's publishing it? Um, I thought it was. I thought it was Marvel, but... No. 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 No, I, 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 so I just picked it up on Kindle, where it, it doesn't cost very much money. Um, I honestly can't remember, which is bad. Very bad. I assume it's Image. 
most things are. Dark Horse. Oh, speaking of Image, I also read the latest Wikidiv, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, yeah, no, Resident Alien is... I really would recommend it, but I'm not entirely sure why. It is quite slight. I think I just like the premise. And as a character, he's kind of fun. Is it something you like well executed? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. He's, he's got you this, can, this You don't slight, need to make excuses, then. You're allowed to enjoy it. He's got very faint ability to not read minds, but sort of tell when people are lying and pick up on emotional state stuff. Mm. Um, which is his sort of detective motivating thing, rather than having a troubled backstory or there being a dame or something. It's just that he can tell when the person wrongly accused is, you know, In actually what? innocent or something and just gets on his high horse a little bit. Except he's a bit of a wreck and he's only doing it because he's interested. That's kind of broadly true of a lot of classic noir. Yeah, I know the that's fact that, I... like the the can't leave well enough alone as a, as a motivating factor, along with a sort of gnarled and wretched sense of proprietary justice, is basically all Mike Hammer novels. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. pretty much all Dashiell Hammett. It's it always starts with "Hello, have some money," and ends up with a very personal quest by someone who is preternaturally good at understanding the minutiae of human behaviour apart from the bit where they're always getting clocked over the back of the head with a cosh and th- this is that but with an alien and it's just I just like the dumb bits of premise they've crashed together good tell us how there's Wickdiv well it's a comic by a man named Kieran Gillen and an artist. I will put this glass up your bottom no I'll put your glass up your bottom this is mine I need it to drink wine from because you're so so awful does anyone else think that escalated quite quickly? I'm just thinking about pizza, to be honest. Well, we are going to get some pizza after. I'm going to get the crude aerocolor. No, you're not. You're going to get the goat. You're no, going to, get, I, I, you're going to get there and get the goat. I might. I might get my goat on. Tell us about the fucking comic. It's good. Okay. So I read a review that... I, oh, God, where was it? I can't remember. That said that they liked but didn't really get Wikdiv until this one. Yeah, I read that. No, I totally don't get that. Sure, because... But it is very different. Yeah. Um, I won't spoiler it too badly, but... I mean, anyone that's been following it knows that Dionysus has rocked up at this point, and Laura basically goes to his club night and... Hey, I'm saving it for the trade. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want me to actually stop? You're in the wrong place. No, you can carry on. I'll keep the details then. It's, it's all set at a single club night with a, an interesting sort of art style, and rather than being plot it's sort of character beats for the gods and the associated characters there's some really good Cassandra all of this volume has been really it's mm. been it's slowed right down and, and really decompressed and it's taking time to really start to explore the characters and the theme for this volume or well, one of them is kind of a little bit making us feel sorry for or at least opening the door for us to feel sorry for the gods I mean in the, the Woden issue even yeah. though he's an unremitting cunt you sort of understand why he's unhappy yeah, I mean, he's got some justification, but you get the sense as well that he was an asshole to begin with. Yeah. Well, he's he's Reddit guy, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, he's Captain and, Fedora. And Dionysus is a... He's a rave kid that can't stop. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's kind of um, Balearic Club Knight... Fistful of ecstasy, cannot stop dancing, but ex- mm. in this case, he literally can't. And it's 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 cool. Um, a lot of people are raving about this issue. I merely thought it was another quite good one. Art, it's, but the art is fun and it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's got a lot of interesting breakout um, layouts, which 
you pointed out don't work as well on digital, which is true. They seem like double page spreads. Yeah, I think there's supposed to be some stuff going on with synchronicity timelines and phases that I didn't pick up so well on the one on screen. Admittedly, I read it cheekily at my desk while having a cup of coffee, not on a tablet. It would be better on a tablet than it is on a monitor, but I think it would be better in print than on either. Also, to be fair, people are raving about this issue, something that has been said in various places of kind of all of them. Oh, yeah, true. There haven't been very many that Maybe, no, maybe no the tumblers. Of all the things that you've done cheekily at your desk in preparation for this podcast, this is the least worst. When you said while having a coffee, I was really worried about where that was going until you said coffee. So, I think this has a pretty low wankability. A lot of people are getting off on Dionysus. He's... he's First time in 3,000 years. (laughs) He's pretty, but he's not my bag. So I read Hawkeye. Congrats. I also read Wigdiv, but I think we've kind of covered that. Well, talk about it if you want to. No, I think we've we've covered it. Um, although I stand by my assertion that the first volume was, uh, it, it wasn't that she didn't have a character, it was more that it was going to come out as she started to self-define. I, I, I do think I was right about that one. I, I think that's reasonable, and she's certainly getting a bit exploratory. Uh, Hawkeye is nearly done. This makes me incredibly sad, because I think for as long as I've been doing this, Hawkeye's been running, and... Mm. Uh, that's not why I'm sad. It's, I'm sad because I really fucking like it. Do we, do we have um, to stop when Hawkeye stops? We Maybe, may find ourselves compelled to. But there's two more issues to go on. The speed they're going at now, that's four or five years down the line. But I, I'm worried about your capacity to function without Hawkeye in your life. Well, I mean, it's starting again with Jeff Lemire and um, Ramon Perez. So there's still kind of a weird white dude and a guy with a Spanish name. So it'll be fine. But also, I really like Ramon Perez as an artist. He did Tale of Sound, which was lovely. Is it, it is not lovely. like when, you're, when your lover dies and you sort of start going out with their slightly weird-looking twin, though? It's just, um, everything's a little bit off. No, because I'm not a gothic horror novel. Uh, your face is a gothic horror novel. Yes, that's Ooh, very true. That's rude. why I you know, wear a mask across one side of it and throttle people. <laughs> oh, you scamp. So, Hawkeye, this issue was called Rio Bravo, and uh, it's about a siege in a building. Yay. Rio Bravo, I don't know if you get it. Um, and it's really great. Uh, it's, it's always been good, but this was just... This wasn't sort of on the, the scale with one of the sort of weird issues, like the, the one that was entirely in sign language, or the mm. pizza dog one. Did um, I say pizza? Sorry. <laughs> but... This was um, really, really nice with some really strong design in it and mm. some great character beats and sort of resolution of him being a useless asshole seems to be coming to a head. Um, Is someone just going to slap him a lot? Possibly. It has one of the finest last panels of any comic I have ever seen. Ooh. And that's that's not sort of in, in how it's drawn, but it's just in terms of pure payoff of the whole run what they've been doing so far it's kind of it's almost sort of punch the air fuck yeah moment um in amongst a lot of really awful shit happening because he's surrounded by Russian mobsters and the crazy Ukrainian clown guy who's stepped out of some sort of awful 70s film and is stalking them through the building um oh so it's crazy clown guy comes to a head of it it's yeah the clown the clown's back the bros are besieging the building and I love Hawkeye bros. and the various residents who are fit and able are defending the building 
Is Kate still elsewhere? No comment. Okay. That's lovely. Porker, still great. I think I've said that like 25 times now. Well, this is podcast 34, so mm-hmm. that's probably about right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, there haven't been 25 issues, but I've probably said it a lot. You, you really like Hawkeye. I do like Hawkeye. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Don't read much else by Marvel, or superheroes in general, but I do like some Hawkeye. Good. What else have you been reading, Daddy Werewolf? That's it. Oh. And presumably some pornography. Yes, which we'll get to right now. Hurrah! I feel like I, I, I ruined a convention I didn't know was going to happen by talking about my pawns up front. <laughs> It's okay, right. we, can, we can get there. It's okay. alright. I think we've broadly read the same forms. Well, we weren't fortunate enough to just Google sex comics, but... No, <laughs> indeed, you missed out on co-ed snow sluts. Shall we begin, then, by defining what we mean by smut? I don't know if I can. There's kind of a smut continuum, isn't there? Mm, it's a hard one. There's, um... I mean, you've got stuff at one end, like... Ogilvy, where you've got mm. it's definitely smutty, but it's very little depiction of the act. And it's smutty in that British humour sense mm. of a kind of mucky. It's kind of ribald. And I guess on on the other end of the scale, you've got Ojo Sex Toy, where sex is mm. depicted and it's not in the slightest bit smutty. Yeah, I mean Ojo Sex Toy poses a challenge to the accomplished accomplished masturbator. Mm. You probably could, but you'd need a run up. Mm. It's it's too it's too sex positive. It's too educational. Mm. It's too lovingly and carefully framed. And to... How many starbursts do you think you need before you'd be able to crack one off to it? I'm not sure these are helping. Well, I mean, the blood pressure's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's also too um, disarmingly honest. Mm. I, I, almost, I, I almost want to say objective, but you know what I mean? It's kind of... In, it, yeah, may, I'm, 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 hypo- I'm hypothesising while, while we mm. talk, but can... Can smut ever actually be honest about sex? Because if you've ever had it, you know it's sort of mm. strange and awkward and there's weird noises and slippery bits you didn't quite expect. And it doesn't go at all like it does yeah. in the comics and in the movies. And, and contains a bunch of stuff in your head. There's a sort of sticky VR overlay, a sort of... You, you have to bring a certain amount of your own brain problems to the party. You do. Else it's hard to Are titillate. Like a sort of... Robocop, but for fucking... He's the Oculus Rift of sex, yes. Sure Massively not. funded by Facebook. It upsets the backers. The backers. Mm-hmm. The backers. No, so it... What I think that might be related to is there's something to do with gays. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not as in dude on dude. No, no, no. Um, the one with like the Z in it. Tone of gays. I know that's a kind of a silly thing and I need to unpack it. But Ojo Sex Toy doesn't have a... I know what you mean, though. It doesn't draw you into a point of view. Yeah. Whereas there's something about the way the the Fappin comics kind of direct a certain type of... They, they editorialise with their direction of attention. It's inherently voyeuristic and what changes its tone is how that voyeurism is portrayed. So in Chester it's done very lovingly. It's... It's really nice that this woman is fucking this robot. She's having a lovely time. We hope you'll have a lovely time if you want to crack one out and get all flustered mm. too. Whereas in co-ed sex sluts and the kind of fucking someone's Indian wife without her consent comics, it's a lot yeah. dirtier. But there's a wonderful blend of the multiple sort of the, the spectrum between the various mm. bits of that in in Smut Peddler. But I think that's called the Taint. <laughs> this is going to end up with me drawing a really fucking awful graph. 
just the worst graph. I used to follow this guy on Twitter who was a porn star, and um, he eBayed his taint piercing. Wow. How much did it go for? I can't remember. I think it was like $50. That's not as much as I would have hoped to get. That does not suggest that either he or his perineum were as loved Mm -hmm. as you would think. Maybe it was, was it 500? I can't remember. I will look it up. Did he have a drug problem? That's really rude of me to suggest, Um, but... Well, he quite frequently Instagrams himself with a bong. Doesn't necessarily mean he's got a drug problem, just that he's taking drugs. All that demonstrates is the drug ability. I don't know, I feel like, you know, this is the modern equivalent of selling grandma's jewellery at the pawn shop to fund your habit. It's selling your taint piercing on... I don't know, you could get caught on something one too many times and you think, you know what, it's time to to turn this this inconvenience into cold, hard cash. You've got a bunch of fan mail, like, saying, oh, we missed the taint piercing in your your pictures or or in your videos. Now all you have is an extra hole. Mm. So this is something I actually find quite interesting, is... um, this is a bit off topic, but is it off topic generally, or is it off topic for the digression we've already taken? It's within entirely within the digression we've already taken. Um, you may continue. So, I, I, I assume this goes in straight porn fandom, but there's a, there's a bit of an undercurrent in in gay porn fandom of having a sort of Tumblr style geek culture style fandom, like living very much on on Tumblr or on Twitter. There are a couple of porn studios that seem to court this very strongly with, by encouraging their actors, models, I think they tend to call themselves models, mm-hmm. um, to have and to massage a social media presence and kind of interact with their fans. But it's it's quite... It's it's a bit like the way Gillen does social media, but the sort of a little bit removed, but definitely courting the Gillen with his cock out. I just, I just want to point out that Lucy winced generally at you saying massaged, whilst in response to a question said that's a hard one with barely a flicker of recognition mm. there's going to be a lot of that this evening I've got weird tastes but um, so, so yeah there's, there's this substrate and particularly for people working for a, there are a couple of studios Helix and Cocky Boys I think they might be related and they make quite interesting porn quite high production values um, one of them is doing elaborate costume drama stuff but a lot of their models have this sort of Tumblr style very pop culture fandom thing going on mm. I just find it quite interesting I don't know if it means that porn's going a bit more mainstream or if they're importing the PR tactics of the mainstream to porn I don't know what the direction of travel is but and a lot of the most active fan base seems to be teenage girls well teenage girls do like yeah. sex and stuff well, it's, it's, I, I mean I speak not from personal experience well, it's not unlike the yaoi stuff which is yeah. kind of how I got to thinking about mm-hmm. this Tell us what you mean by yaoi, for those who are not familiar with that mainstay. Um, yaoi is... The etymology differs. It might be sort of a bit of an acronym. It sort of doesn't matter. Um, yaoi is gay porn manga, sort of. Um, there are subtypes and there are other categories, but um, and I'm probably pronouncing it slightly wrong. Um, Y-A-O-I. And it's... It's very wolf t-shirt. Yes. How many wolves on the t-shirt? Usually three, sometimes a moon. Specifically three. Is there ever a Native American woman on the back of the spare wheel cover of someone's Jeep, or is it not that bad? Not quite that bad. It stops short of that, but there's sometimes like a dolphin or something. There might be a dolphin denim jacket, or there might. there's definitely a well-thumbed hardcover David Eddings book under the arm. Is any of this ever woven into a fleece? Not that I've seen. Gotcha. So, Yaoi is 
Um, well, well, one of the things that's interesting about Yowie, and not unlike the sort of slightly Tumblrized gay porn fandom I was talking about, it's, it's exactly that. It's um, it, there is a there is a male gazy gay porn tradition in manga. Um, and it's come up through all sorts of bits of it's sort of nineteenth century art. There's a there's an underground homoerotic literary tradition in a lot of um, Japanese comics art. But the specific yaoi that we see is is very much the often by women for women or you know by by men for women kind of market proposition. Um, the market, so the market in Japan itself traditionally has been very much. Women over the age of thirty. Yeah, and so you get this idea of um, bishonen, um, beautiful boys. Mm. Uh, a lot of and in the archetypal yaoi, the boys look a bit girly. You've got the kind this of, is the, very true in Hatoful Boyfriend, which yeah. is not yaoi, yeah. but same audience. The, no, the yaoi doesn't have pigeons quite so much. Not always. The, the big, the big high cheekbones, the pointy chins, the flowing hair—they look quite girly. And then you get some very complicated gender politics and cultural stuff. I, 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 I don't ask, really want how, to get into this quite yet. But how does the male gaze slash female gaze work in this context? When it's is man on man produced by man for woman? Where what's the gaze? How does it work? I honestly don't know. Uh, it's one of the things I find most confusing about Yowie is the um, the stuff that you're watching is often little shy of romanticized abuse. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the gaze or not, but mm. it's there are some interesting complications to it. So, one of the, there, there are there are a few types and strata in in Yaoi. Um, one of the things I've noticed most often, the, the things that are visually fetishized are sort of the points of gaze quite often in porn comics. The, the sort of the bits of people enjoying themselves, or the moments and the panels and the touches of focus yeah. that encourage you to. Like play along at home. Mm-hmm. It's um, and that telegraphs things about kind of how healthy or unhealthy or consensual or precise mm-hmm. or what you what you kind of what the the attitude that the work expects a reader to assume mm-hmm. is kind of telegraphed in some of these points of focus. And quite often in Yaoi, you get a, the typical structure of a Yaoi story. It'll be maybe high school or or university or something. And it'll be some a couple of guys, neither of which is an out gay man, or maybe one of them will be if he's slightly older. And they'll get to know each other serendipitously, and there'll be lots of awkwardness and slowly falling for each other, and lots of longing gazes. And you get close-ups on things like slight brushes of fingers, and it's incredibly tentative, without, but it never quite manages tender. Do you have the thing that was very... It's on the kind of... The way... So, okay, I'm, I'm new to pack a lot of sex stuff. quite visceral. The Erica Moen um, Ojoy sex toy on Fifty Shades of Grey and how it's kind of okay to enjoy it as long as you don't base your relationships on it. The sort of cycle of um, honeymoon period leads to tension, leads to explosion, and then background again of the abusive relationship. Mm. That was really prevalent in a lot of the um, kind of the slash stuff that I was reading when I was a kid. Do you have that same... Dynamic, you know, there's a, there's a stormy partner and a willing partner. Is that because I there's, feel like a, that's where there's a huge overlap. This is going. Um, there's generally a very chaste lead in in Yaoi as well, which yeah. is a so feature of that. And it, it varies. So you've got the the Yaoi influence stuff, which can be a lot more direct. But mm. th- there are loads of very soft non-sexual Yaoi series. One of the most common and um, popular was um, Gravitation, which was the story of a the young lead in a boy band who bumps into, like literally, physically, 
out walking, bumps into a guy who I think turns out to be a romance novelist. I think he's a romance novelist. Older man, quite a lot older, mm. and in charge of his own sexuality, and the, the kid is not. And there is something like 18 volumes of Gravitation. Gravitation was a long series, wasn't it? It was. I don't even remember how long that was. It might have been 12. There were, there were a lot of volumes. We, we stocked it at Borders. Mm-hmm. And um, most of them are just this kind of on-again, off-again, hot-cold, kind of emotionally manipulative relationship stuff where someone that has their shit together that is a needy, controlling bastard excises control over someone desperate for affection who is only just discovering their sexuality. Is Fifty Shades of Grey yaoi done in Twilight fanfic form for the modern British woman? Um, entirely, yes. Yeah. But with more physical violence. Mm-hmm. It's, but the, the emotional structure of Fifty Shades is um, remarkably similar to some of the core relationships in a lot of not all yaoi. And then you can extend that further. There was a horrifying series called Loveless, which was semi-science fictional, which involved these pair-bonded partners, but they wouldn't necessarily know that you had to you know, find the person that you oh clicked with, um, that had to fight magical duels. And one of them, I think... I, you had an offensive and a defensive component, and basically one of them dealt damage and one of them got hurt, and it was horrifying. We like seriously, like crazy abusive shit coded into this mad fantasy premise, and it's the the story of this guy in his late twenties, basically diddling a kid that he happens to do phenomenal physical and psychiatric damage to, and this is this is not an abnormal premise for quite a bit of yaoi. The sex yaoi, the, the, the hardcore stuff, mm. actually tends to be a bit less abusive. Interesting. One of the weird things is, so um, there were a couple of guys um, at TCAF who translate Japanese manga, uh, mm-hmm. Japanese gay manga into English, and they sort of focus on stuff that's basically far more just hardcore porn. Mm. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot simpler. It doesn't tend to come with the yeah the crazy, which is weird because um, one of the things they were saying is that it's often very hard for them to get in touch with the authors because it's almost always. Uh, even though it's legal to sell it, mm. it's almost always um, done anonymously mm. yeah, because um, it's it if found out, it's so shameful. It's it's makes it harder to buy a house, for example. It's genuine, like no one. Even wants though the, the person, person selling you the house might well be reading it at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's sort of. Well, this, this, this is something I butt into really hard, is there's a lot of cultural understanding that I don't have. Mm. And I tried to... I went off on one on Twitter on Sunday, and I... You know, oh, yeah, why are you so rapey? And I tried to answer this question. I, I tried to look for some interesting cultural criticism about yaoi, and what I ran up against really, really hard was fucking clueless tone-deaf Orientalism up the wazoo. Yeah... <laughs> Yeah, people saying things like because Japanese culture doesn't didn't contain the concept of romantic love until Westerners turned up, pretty much. I just uh, it didn't contain firearms and chili until Westerners turned up. Mm. It just the spice or the meaty goop. The spice. Okay. Portuguese traders brought it in the seventeenth mm. century. This is how old oh, and romantic love. They had shitloads of it on the boats. Yeah, yeah. And when they had an exclusive trading contract with Japan, they just brought shitloads of romantic love. This has been your spice and romantic love trade podcast. Yeah, no, actually, it was just it was just the spices. Fucking hell! I someone must have done some good theoretical work on the um, problematic consent and quite often child abuse tropes in quite a lot of yaoi. I couldn't find any with a quick Google that wasn't so orientalist I couldn't read it. 
people be racist is the problem yet again. I think it's, I think Hammond's raise replies. I think it's ravening entitled cluelessness rather than actual racism. I think there's a... The, they kind of look the same when do, you read them. They do. There's that... When sort of anime fandom sort of become mainstream in the 90s as well, it came with such a such a huge portion of fetishizing Japanese culture yeah. in a completely undigested way. Well, I remember some of the people that we were selling mm. comics to and quite yeah. how obviously they were wearing some of their cultural fetishization on the sleeve. Yeah. Occasionally literally on the sleeve, I would guess. The, the... Yeah, or kind of hooked through the arm awkwardly, not realizing they were being exploited. It's, it's kind of... Yeah, there's some nastiness there. Um, which I think is one reason we've sort of tried to avoid any sort of cultural criticism around manga in any particularly deep way because we just don't have the ability to do that properly. We just don't understand the it can, I mean, It can still way. be engaged in as text. and It can, but not from the sense of and I, because I, Japan. Yeah, mm. it just so long as you don't go there. And one of the things I do find interesting is that the... The sort of lovelorn, gazing teenagers, yaoi, that I have, and I have, I have read more of that than I have of the directly explicit porn yaoi, um, does feel a lot less problematic than the really than the hardcore fucking stuff. And I think there could be a couple of reasons for that. Not least logistically, just if you want to dedicate your pages to hardcore fucking, you're going to sacrifice all of the problematic setup. Yeah. But so I, I linked to something in the. I won't put it in the show notes. Um, for reasons, but um, sent you guys a link to um, Sensitive Pornograph, which is, I don't know if either of you read it, but it's one of the, the link. archetypal um, hardcore yaoi pieces that sort of got big in the States, I guess, and there was a an, an OVA. Um, and that's a series of three fucking vignettes with weird setups. Sorry, OVA for those not familiar. Oh, sorry. Um, original video animation, uh, short, short film, short man, short anime film, non non series anime. Um, and that's got some of this st- stuff going on. In fact, it's got quite a lot of this stuff going on in places. But it's so much milder, and it's actually kind of hot as well. They've they've nailed the the sort of eroticizing gaze component in a way that I don't know. This seems like a good point to introduce the the notion that they have nailed it for you. Yes, true. Um, might not float your boat, no idea if it float yours or not. I ain't telling. Um, Wankability score? Sensitive pornograph? Mm. Um, anime? Quite high. Manga? The manga has that weird censorship thing with the invisible penises. Mm. It kind of it gets in the way. If you buy into the premise and you're kind of all throffed up, then it Maybe you'll of, go there. Um, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say medium for the manga, quite high wankability for the anime. Mm. So, would you say that the the manga is a sort of sexual latte, whereas the anime is more of a sexual cappuccino? Yeah, maybe even uh, maybe even a, a flat white. Is, is shorter this... and shorter and more robust. Is this grading scale entirely based on how you guys like to consume coffee? Because that's. As arbitrary as the <laughs> yes. other scale you devise. Yes, I, yes, I it is. drink exclusively espresso, so... I don't Which, in, in this ranking, would be what? You basically only watch Jim Google. As long as it's over in 20 seconds, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so if we can uh, bring it back to something a little more local. Um, there's a sort of... There's a big 
big swathe of porny comics in sort of Western stuff at the moment that seems to have sprung out of online communities in the last sort of 15 years or so. Yeah, it's actually quite manga-influenced as well, quite it, a lot of it. it. A lot of it is manga-influenced, and I think a lot of that is the fact that people who've been sort of born in the late 80s have grown up with manga, particularly in America. Well, to be a patronising wee fucker, it's art students in their late 20s get flicking themselves off to manga and deciding they're going to draw their own. That is a more patronising way of putting it, but yeah, um, essentially that. But then you've got to remember that stuff like Dragon Ball Z mm. was all over television, mm. um... It doesn't a make a bit it, of difference, guys. Yeah. This sort of stuff wasn't when we were growing up. It was all that weird Canadian-French co-productions like Ulysses 31 and Battle of the Planets. Well, yeah, so if, if we were putting porn on Tumblr... It would be Ulysses 31 porn, yeah, no question. Like, just so like, many beards. It would, look like th- it would look like Thundercats with erections. We is a problem in this room because I didn't grow up the same time you guys grew up. No, you True. were quite young. It's yeah. depressing. Yeah, yeah you'd yeah. be... You'd be diddling Pikachu's nutsack. <laughs> for sure. I, I always had a thing for Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Is Yu-Gi-Oh a person as well as the name of the show? Or? Yu-Gi is the person. Right, and Yu-Gi-Oh. he's the guy with the big yellow hair. And yeah, he's got big yellow hair and he's a young, a really young dude who's making his name in this game. But sometimes he just sort of turns into an older dude who might be Yu-Gi-Oh. I can't remember. It's a long time since I watched it. So we... We watched a lot of things that were based on toy lines, like mm. Transformers mm. and G.I. Joe. Like most of our Visionaries. comics were designed to sell bullshit to us. Mm. Yu-Gi-Oh! is the only manga that I can recall that was specifically tied to selling a fucking trading card game. Yeah, I mean, I guess Pokemon had a sideline in trading card game. Yeah, the... yeah but the video game came first mm. and then the cartoon and then the trading it cards. Did. Then they made a video game of the trading card game. There was a Game oh, Boy correct. cartridge oh, of the Pokemon trading card game that exists. Good lord. Um, There's also Pokemon Pinball. Surprisingly good if you've still got a Game Boy Color lying around. I do. I have several. It's got the Rumble Pack. Oh, the Rumble Pack. Well, that's, that's the N64 game name for it, but, you know, it, it shakes. The buzzy thing. Doesn't thing. Didn't you have that thing that totally wasn't a sex toy that you, like, stuck into your pants while you were playing the video game and it was supposed to be a music thing? No, I never owned what? that. Um, the video game Res uh, on the Dreamcast came with... Uh, I can't remember what I'm I sure called I it. Like around, the trance pack. I'm sure I remember coming around to your house while you were playing a video game with a controller jammed up your jacksie. That sounds like a false memory. that might just memory. be a fantasy of yours. Well, like, in, in sticking into your trousers or on the small of your back or something. I'm sure you... Maybe you just, maybe you just explained it very vividly. Ah, so right, when Res came out originally, it had the trance pack, which was like a little square motor, and you could put it on your back or somewhere and it would pulse in time of the game so keeping in rhythm is part of playing the game I had immediately those... like some sort of someone who was a bit like Cara Allison might have been actually Cara Allison but similar sort of writer wrote about using it as a sex toy mm. um, basically putting it in your pants playing res and getting off at the same time when it got reissued on the Xbox you could use any spare controllers you had as trance packs and they would just pulse in time with the game, but you could put them anywhere. So I had one wedged in the small of my back, and that's what you remember. Well, it was sticking down your ass crack. Yeah, I was worried you came around when I had the Dreamcast fishing remote up my asshole, because that happened a lot. All I had was the thing where you put a chop of chops in the top of it, and it played the music through your teeth. I won it off live and kicking. <laughs> <laughs> You actually, you called into that show and... I sent a postcard! Oh, wow. My grandma gave it to me. 
like sort of uses bone vibration to play music inside your head. Yeah, essentially. It had some pre-recorded tracks and a chapel chaps, and if you bit down on the lolly and pressed the button, you'd hear the music through the bones of your face. Wow, that's Fucking some king hell. proper Tony Stark shit right there. Yeah, I know. But with lollies. Um, in summary, I was not using a video game controller as a sex toy, and I'm sorry. My, my memories of you have changed. I don't know if they've got better or worse. I mean, you were cooking me a lot of dinner in that period, that troubled period of both our lives. I, you know. Is, is that... How does this fit into the controller butt thing? Is there some sort of obligation? Is there like a... I didn't have to fish it out or anything. Okay. <laughs> that thing had quite a long cable. We'll fish for dindons. It was wireless. Don't tell me short, you motherfucker. I splurged the extra 10 quid for wireless. Well, it must have had a flared base. Of course it did, otherwise it gets stuck in your asshole. Always, 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 always make sure base. there's a flared yeah. base. If you're putting it up your bum hole, flared base. Flared base. If you learn nothing else from this podcast, flared base. You don't. Your, your bum can swallow amazing things. Atlantis. <laughs> Before that digression... It's not a digression, it's relevant... It's not. It's not relevant. Before that, before we went off on one about things you have pictured me putting inside myself, but I haven't actually put inside myself. You say. You are an odd person. So we're talking about the sort of Tumblr and... I was going to talk about Starfighter, basically. Yeah, so when when I was over in the Canada, there was a big uh, panel on porn comics, and I was one of the token men in the audience. That was an odd experience at a comic show. How Look did it feel you. to be a minority? Uh, Isn't it nice it that wasn't... taking an interest, though? Well, it was, you know, it was, it was something that was quite interesting. It was, like, it was broadly outside of my uh, expertise. And that, as it turns out, that's because I broadly don't give a shit about porn comics. Uh, These fake geek boys. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but there were some really interesting people on there. Um, Jess Fink was there, obviously, because... She's in charge of internet sex. She's in yeah. charge of sex on the internet, yeah. It's a big responsibility, but I think she's up to it. Um, she's got help. She's got friends, minions. And she's got Kate and um, mm. various others. Um, and, yeah, there were people... There were the guys who were doing the sort of gay manga in translation. Mm. Um, I really want to get that book. So that's a, that's a separate thing. So Massive is a, a sort of really nicely designed collection of um, gay manga, mm. which... I think Chip Kidd worked on. He wasn't on the porn panel because I think he mostly likes to talk about book design rather than his love of dudes, but his love of dudes is apparent. It's apparent. Mostly those dudes are Batman, but... What is it about people in comics called Chip and rampant sexuality? Chip's Chip Sadarsky and, and Chip Kidd are very, very different. Hmm. Wouldn't um, it be amazing if they collaborated? Yes. You sound scared. No, I want that. That would be. That'd I want be awesome. that. I want more. Chip, I want more chip kit stuff in general. They're, they're really both very talented. Design. The design would be astounding. Yeah. It would probably be horrible. The themes would be worrying. There'd be a lot of burners. So anyway, chip kid's busy because the chip Zadarsky's busy rather because they're adapting sex criminals for TV. Yes, they is, are. We should all be very terrifying. Scared. Happy. But it's scared. gonna have to be toned down to shit. Cause oh yeah. That first issue, the one about teenagers wanking, is is not really gonna make it on. Uh, In Iowa. Um, no. It might. Are you gonna keep them down on the farm? It'll play once fine. Once they've seen. What time they can travel do to themselves. Yeah. It'll play. It'll play fine in Canada. 
That's true. True, but I think no, I think it's still fairly heavily regulated. Or that might be because it's all the same shows. Mm. Um. Anyway, uh, one of the one of the people I absolutely had no idea about was one of the sort of heavily fated authors who was there, who was. Uh, referred to pretty much exclusively as Hamlet Machine, which I think is a name that's come over from DeviantArt and through Tumblr, um, who writes a comic called Starfighter, which mm. is Battlestar Galactica plus butt sex. Tell and, me uh, more. Well, Roger's been reading so it. I, that was the lead-in. I went back and I read all of it. And this is what sent me off on the journey back into Yowie. Because it's been a while. I, I'm not like a... A recent series. It's like a time tunnel, but for slightly rapey comics. Yeah, I've read a lot of Yaoi, and I've seen a lot of Yaoi anime. And actually, back when I was, as discussed on the previous podcast, a kind of anemic, manic, pixie dream boy, I hung out on some Yaoi forums. Really got to you, didn't it? Um, I feel ashamed. Sorry. But... I um, found his kill switch. Fuck you. So, a while ago, a few years ago, I was very much part of this scene. And so, I've read a lot of this stuff. And Starfighter kind of made me remember quite a lot of it. The art's lovely. I would, even if you don't like Dude on Dude, check out the first four or five um, pages of Starfighter because you won't see any boners. You'll just see some very nice spaceships and some good shading. And if you do like the Dude on Dude stuff, it's pretty nicely done. It's kind of steamy. And it's rapey as all get out to start with. And then it's sort of not because they get into it, which is that whole, or is somewhat that romanticized abuse thing I was talking about. Mm hmm. Um, except as Starfighter wears on, they seem to sort of drop that and the relationship becomes more healthy, which, which is a trend I've noticed in some other bits of Yaoi, and it's still problematic because it starts that way, but for fuck's sake. Um, but th- this is one of the, one of the things that's, it's super popular at the moment, it's come from the internet, it's got that Tumblr-y DeviantArt thing, it's got a large fan base. The storytelling is not particularly good, the art is lovely, and it's good at porn, the way... The, the bits of focus that we were talking about, the sort of... And I'm not just... It, it, the sort of... Facial expressions in the moment and mm. particular angles on the body and um, concentration on moments of touch. It's just... It's actually... Once it gets a bit more sensitive and a bit less molesty, I, I would rate it very high for wankability. It starts bad and self-corrects on the rapey front? Or? Yes, but... That's still the backstory for the the core relationship, and mm. the main the 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 rapey character is still a bastard, and that's part of the appeal. And it's got that horrifying sort of will the needy one tame his bastardry by being so lovely? Um, that's not a good dynamic. It's really not. It's still it's less problematic and more healthy, but it's still all there, and that's still the backstory. And I really struggled with it because it just it's also just not one that needs to be redone. Yeah, it's not good it time. It has been covered to a certain extent. Yeah, I, yeah, it's been done before. One of the things I find interesting about stuff like Starfighter is that it's almost completely invisible, um, to me at least. Mainly because I concentrate on print comics. You also don't hang out on the gay porn end of the internet. No, but there's a lot of stuff that's adjacent to that that would sort I of think, maybe. that would normally filter through like I get a lot of just general comics information from Twitter and it's completely separate like no one no one I know no one I follow ever mentions this and yet the following for it is massive um, filter bubbles yeah well it's the same same sort of thing as with um, 
Rain Tengelmeyer mm. and her stuff being incredibly popular but not sort of really hitting the mainstream press in any way, shape, or mainstream comics press. Obviously, you, it's hitting the mainstream press because it's been top of the New York Times for the entire year. I think it's an interesting it's kind of your filter bubbles are around the mainstream press. Yeah. I follow a bunch of like a slightly more disparate range of people. I got her a lot sooner than you did. Yeah. Yeah, it's odd. It's just my bubble is different again to you guys. Mm. You would expect sort of you would expect a bleeding at the edges, mm. and you would expect an overlap, and it's just not really there mm. for the most part. Oh, so there's like there's people I've met in real life that I didn't know as comics artists, which just feels like the wrong way round. Like I should at least hear about them first. Oh, but it's good being a bit news night. Um, is 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 the filter bubble effect going to be worse for porn because people because it's nichier? Or is that total bollocks? I no. think it's people are less likely to talk about it on the internet. Maybe I mean people. This it, sex is still a weird know. kind of shamey thing for a lot of people. Mm. So a lot of people have got interests. Yeah. They're not going to be telling their entire Twitter feed of colleagues and friends and family about. That's the thing. Most of my we did that much about it. Most of my online stuff is real name, broadly real world. Whereas yeah. it's not the sort of generally anonymous. Um, world of Tumblr or anything like that. The seedy underworld. The seedy underbelly of Tumblr, that hive of degeneracy and cat pictures and Sherlock fandom. Mm. Um, no, it's just, it is it is weirdly separate and that's not something that's conscious. It's just something that seems to have sort of been born out of the fact that it's, at least in sort of Western stuff, the current porn comics revival has come from, I say revival because there was obviously quite a lot of stuff in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Mm. Um, we should have time to read some of that. Mm. Yeah, so go out and read some Tijuana Bibles or go out and read the uh, BDSM comics of Joe Schuster, creator of Superman, co-creator of Superman. I should give proper credit uh, yeah, to Jerry Siegel who did not write any porn to the best of my knowledge. Um, but this stuff is just, it's sort of it's come up in a different way, mm. so to speak. And it's um, it's come up through Tumblr, it's come up through DeviantArt, and sort of sharing communities that are probably less judgmental than mm. Twitter and the mainstream general, press. And the mainstream press. Yeah. Which is nice, because even though, like, broadly, I don't give a shit about any of this. Like, I read a lot, and there was some good art, and I can see why people would like it. It's not really my sort of thing. But then, you, even though... You backed Smut Peddler. I did back Smut Peddler out of curiosity. So tell me Second time that. round, it was broadly going to... Uh, it was going to always make its target. But, um, tell you about my penchant for backing Kickstarters that are near completion, or... Well, no, I'm, I'm curious about kind of what you found interesting enough about Smut Peddler to back it, given that this is not really um, a I already liked Jess Fink as a creator and she was signed on for this one. Uh, it was dirt cheap as PDF. Which of hers in Smart um, I, can't, I can't remember the names of any of the stories. So in the first volume... I probably don't remember. Oh, it's the one about the two con men, the sort of flapper girl con Oh, men. yeah, that is fun. Um, and in the second one, it's the very first story, the Down on the Farm. There's a lot of people talking about farms. Farm boy seems one. to be a thing. Well, there's the... a lot of animals fucking on farms. A lot of swollen testicles. You've got a lot of artificial insemination. Yeah. The birds and the bees are about you. It is a place to fornicate. I think it might just be that rural city divide, to be honest, rather than the pig bollocks. Um, okay. well, pig we bollocks could, are we, relevant. We can agree to disagree on that one. So down on the farm, typified for me one of the problems with Smart Peddler, which is that... 
whether or not it was hot, it was also... It had a joke structure and it was a very simple joke and if you'd explained it in a single sentence I wouldn't have needed to read it. Um, so I think there is, there is a sort of sense whereby a lot of this stuff is... I'm using capital letters here, legitimate erotica and therefore must have a fairly strong premise. Yeah, I just, I don't like the... So there's a lot of high concept or heavily premised stuff in Smut Peddler, and some of it's fun, and there's a lot of stuff where it's basically a joke, and some of the jokes are funny. Um, but quite often... I don't know how erotic and how titillating Smut Peddler was, ten- was setting out to be. I don't know how... I also broadly don't care about intentionalism. But sometimes I felt the erotic focus and the jokes or the premises just didn't sit very well together that was one of them so yeah the editor was one of the people on the panel and so it was meant to be you know profoundly porny with the proviso that that varies for everyone of course and so it's it's uh it was designed to be representative and things were selected for representing body types cultures different Mm -hmm. people and the the first one Um, in the the first volume is two guys and the degree of kind of emotionally weird assholery, you know, you, it's you have to be going some to pass that as wanking fodder. Yeah, so I mean, you've got the you've you've got the anthology problem that's always there, which is that you're never going to like everything in an sure. anthology, um, and normally that's basically aesthetics, but this time it's whether or not it's also your thing. Mm. Um, and so I can see what they're trying to do, and I don't mind that. Most of it's just not going to appeal to me in the first place. Hmm. Um, but I read it in a fairly dutiful fashion because I won't skip things in an anthology for some reason. That's just an odd rule I have. Um, I skip but it really. She, one of the things she did say on the panel that stuck with me is sort of never underestimate um, representation hmm. um, and how important it is. So. That's also something Erica Moen's doing really well on yeah. Pedro Sexto. There's such a huge range of gender expression, body type, race, and, and it's so yeah. beautifully casual. Ability they're just, they're just and yeah, it's, it's not a big thing. It's not a it's look. Just, we included someone for diversity. It's just it's a range of humans getting their rocks off. And it's beautifully casual. Yeah. I love it. I, mm. I love Erica Moen's stuff. The way the way that it was put in um, in on this panel was. Well, first of all, it was representation is important, and then it was there are people out there that look like anything you can imagine, and they're fucking, mm. which is is fair enough. Um, yeah, it's true. There's several at the window right now. It's horrifying. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, so. One of the one of the age of sex toys I read was them reviewing a particular porn site, sort of run by a director, but with a bunch of other people contributing, and the, one of the major complaints against it was that the people were all pretty much white and conventionally attractive and actually the, the the mainstream presentation is still very much that people who are fucking look really good and really white and actually it's not always that appealing it's, it's quite often kind of seldom very, is it's yeah. like you little stick people why are you shagging on a sofa well this is what Dave other day well partly what he refers to as the candy from Nebraska genre of porn um, yeah yes wholesome yeah. Well, just the sort of face-to-camera high and so... opens with someone who's probably not being remunerated very well, but their time sat mm. on a sofa giving a faux backstory about being from a farm in Nebraska mm. and being called Candy before being unceremoniously burned. And the male equivalent is there, like this gay porn yeah. behaves like this as well. Candy could be a boy or a girl in this scenario. But actually, people who don't look like that joyously fucking each other is much closer to 
like what 98 percent of the population's yeah. experience why not document that and the stuff that's doing that is is beginning and has been doing a good job of it I so think. that's yeah that's one sort of major advantage the comics have is that the people don't even need to exist mm. Mm. and that people can just create what they want and there's always going to be an audience for that yeah and it's kind of Might sad tricky in to find match those people up but well who's who's gonna mainstream people aren't going to pay people who look like that to have sex in front of a camera so it's good that someone's drawing them there's some sort of fairly boutique studios that do mm. um, but that kind of sometimes not always sometimes feels weird and exploitative and focused but one of the things I liked about Smutpapper actually was the, the plurality of particularly body types mm. never felt like it was about that yeah well Bionic Arse Lady maybe felt like she was about that, but no. Bionic Arse Lady notwithstanding, it was less a fetishization of the it diverse was, aspect of the person. This is, this is some people having sex, they happen to look like this, they're having a lovely time. The focus of their sex is elsewhere. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, really good for that. Um, particularly as, you know, it's fairly accessible. And... One of the things that sex criminals has talked about a lot is sort of formative sexual identity. Mm. Um, and this wasn't there growing up. It didn't exist. So I can't sort of say, gosh, wouldn't it have been useful to have had such and such. But it does mean that people can find like-minded people who are drawing the things that they like. Mm. Which 90% of the time honestly seems to be Sonic the fucking hedgehog. But... A lot of elves as well. Like, a lot of elves, a lot of space. A lot of people get it on in space. Sometimes it's. Do you mean elves. like the vast, uncaring void? How do you fuck the vast, uncaring void? Nature tried. Well, it doesn't really mind, does it? Like, it's... He who fucks into the void should beware that the. Yeah. Um, it's sufficiently bleak and nihilistic. You don't need to take it out for dinner first, which is good because it's too large to fit in most restaurants. That's true. It tends to consume them yeah. rather than allowing itself to consume. His problem, incidentally, was he was desperate for female attention, but they were women were reportedly scared away by the size of his moustache, which he refused to shave, and he just kind of gently went insane from loneliness whilst not shaving the moustache that women told him was the problem. That well, was Nietzsche's deal. So basically right? he was a classic men's rights activist. Va- Wagner hired him some prostitutes who he would not speak with. <laughs> Fucking hell, um, Wagner! You're not making it better! But it's also... It, I mean, he was, you know... Middle aged by that point and quite frightened. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's, I mean, there's also rumors that, you know, eventually he did speak with someone. Well, the reason he went mad was that he acquired syphilis. Mm, yes, the syphilis is a problem. But one way or the other, Nietzsche would have been better off if he had access to a vast range of pornography displaying imaginary creatures. And just doing body, it. body positive sexuality, mm. which, is, which is something I loved about. Uh, sorry, I know I keep harping on about this, but it was fantastic about Smart Pedalot. I think it would have been a lot better for apocryphal John Ruskin as well. Yeah. It would have, it would have been better for giant mustachioed Austrians and weird arts and crafts obsessed Christians of any stripe. It's a shame. You name a historical figure, I'll, I'll try and sum them up very quickly. Charles Babbage. <laughs> Mustachioed Victorian engineer stroke mathematician. Despiser of street musicians. Despiser of street musicians. It really is a good comic. Yeah, no, no, no. Love those hates poets. He hates street musicians together. They try to fight crime, but they're often distracted by their own inner. By fighting the arts. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. 
So what, what you're basically saying is that the tech sector goes after the arts. Yeah, it's probably that. The first, the first comic is Babbage creates a economic model which escapes and causes <laughs> causes damage to the English countryside. There's nothing I could possibly say that would improve on that. No, it's it's wonderful. It's not porn. No, it's not but that's porn. okay. We, but we lot, as, as we have covered today, a lot of things are. A lot of things are porn, but it's also okay when things aren't porn. We should remind mm, our yeah. listeners that not everything has to be sex all of the time. But you know, whatever whatever floats your boat. Coeds can hang out in the snow without becoming sluts. They can. That's they a can. that's not a good word. I keep no, saying it because it's, it's the title of the thing, but the it thing. doesn't make me feel it's good. Just, it's horribly inflected with. Yeah. It's not a word I would ever call people, and yet the fact that I read it means I am, like Cassandra, doomed to say it repeatedly, but no one will believe that I think it's bad. You have a very different understanding of the Greek myths to me. Yes, I do. Well, this has been lovely. There's been hardly any any awful, awful dick puns, which is amazing coming from us. I think we've actually been more delicate than we usually would be. I'd like to point out that I haven't said the uh, technical name for the rear sphincter once this podcast. Thank you. Which, given the subject matter, would have been... Would have been appropriate. Absolutely. Although, there is a hell of a lot of our sex in Smut Petal. That's not just me, right? There's there's a lot of bumholes. Fingers there's in bumholes, cocks in bumholes, tongues in bumholes. There's a it's, lot of bumholes. It's, it's a porn comedy. You didn't know that was going to happen. Robots in bumholes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one of... Like, for kind of... Something that I found gave me a little, not not a massive boner, but a little bit of a frisson that I wasn't expecting. The wrap uh, it up, the one, wrap up the one, podcast. One, one of the <laughs> I was trying to, but then he started talking about anal sex. <laughs> one of the early comics in the first volume is. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> is a boy in his first tentacle robot, and it's just. It's that kind of slightly creepy Tentai stuff, but it's done in this disarmingly derpy way that just sort of makes it a bit charming and hotter than you think it would be, given that I really don't like the violatory tentacle stuff. It's, it, it surprised me. It was a good surprise. Like a cold metallic tentacle to your... Anus! Thank you. <laughs> I fucked him up. <laughs> you have. Oh, golly. <laughs> He's crying well, a little bit. <laughs> he is crying a little bit. Oh, so dear. I think that marks the time for us to slip Roger some ether, put him into the boot of your car, <laughs> and drive him somewhere far, far away from here and set him free. Set him free to roam the fields and diddle himself as he wishes. A little dab of ether, you say? Can we have a pizza on the way? Only once we've abandoned Roger by the motorway. Gotcha. Out the A10 and back again is what we're saying. As, as, that's exactly what we're saying. <laughs> he can go find his mattress. You can have a little snooze. I'd like some pizza. And on Up that. Up the A10 and back again. <laughs> once again. <laughs> that was a special. Fascinating journey into bad music and yeast infection.